0: You folks ready for a show? When does the show start? Yeah, just started. Is this Thursday? Today is today. Today is Thursday. What's on the agenda for today? It's just a regular Thursday. It's not a regular about it. We've got a very uplifting show today. This show will rot your teeth, you know. Because they are so sweet. Because you're so sweet. It should be a lot of fun. So, without further ado, please
1: enjoy our show.
0: So, what do you think? Uh, wet enough for you? Man, not as bad as it might have been, though, not as bad as uh, predicted. I think I said three to five inches of rain, and it looks like that's going to be pretty close to what we end up with. Hello, welcome, greetings, salutations, and gray, cloudy, and wet Thursday alohas to you. It's uh, great to have you along, liberty lovers and lovers of freedom everywhere. Getting underway with the Bobby Mack Show with a special guest joining me a bit later in the program, Donald Trump Jr, who was in the upstate earlier in the day today, uh, is en uh, route to a, a number of other uh, stops that he is making on the campaign trail and uh, he'll be joining us via the phone uh, at some point during the program today. S- the schedule's kind of fluid, but that's okay. We know how those things go. In the meantime, it's you and me. Here is how you join me and be a part of the conversation today just Call me, that's all you need to do, using the Ingalls Advantage talk line number, 800-347-1063, Common Sense Retirement Planning text line number, 71307, and my email address, bob at 1063word.com. So, South Carolina Congressman James Clyburn uh, is uh, getting his uh, panties all in a wad, over the comments of Attorney General Bill Barr, as you heard in Annie's newscast. Actually, uh, my opinion is that uh, the Attorney General was correct in his comparison uh, when he said that these lockdowns by these Democrat governors and, and a few Republicans uh, and mayors uh, were the, uh, the biggest uh, restriction on, uh, on liberty Uh, since slavery. Now, perhaps, perhaps a better example might have been the incarceration of the uh, Nisei, the Japanese Americans, at the uh, start of World War II on the West Coast, where they were rounded up, put on trains, and put in uh, the equivalent of uh, concentration camps, not tortured or anything like happened in Nazi Germany, but still uh, deprived of their freedoms. That might have been A better example. And by the way, that policy was implemented by uh, one of the uh, Democrat Party's liberal heroes, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. But he is correct in that uh, both of those actions stripped people of their liberties. So uh, in that context, I think what the what the AG said was right. Now then, uh, speaking of uh, Democrat mayors and governors and their actions, this today from Fox 17 in Nashville. The coronavirus cases on lower Broadway, that is, you know, where most of the, uh, the bars and restaurants along Music Row in Nashville are located, the cases may have been so low that the mayor's office, he's a Democrat, and the Metro Health Department decided to keep it secret. Emails between the mayor's senior advisor and the health department reveal only a partial picture, but what they reveal is disturbing. The discussion involves the low number of COVID-19 cases emerging from bars and restaurants and how to handle that news and most disturbingly, how to keep it from the public. On June 30th, Contact tracing was given a small view of coronavirus clusters. Construction and nursing homes were found to be causing problems, with more than a thousand cases traced to each category. However, bars and restaurants reported just 22 cases. That led Leslie Waller from the Health Department to ask in an email, this isn't going to be publicly released, right? just information for the mayor's office? Senior advisor to the mayor, Benjamin Eagles, wrote back, correct, not for public consumption. Now we flash forward a month later, the health department was asked point blank about the rumor that there were only 80 cases of the virus traced to bars and restaurants. Tennessee Lookout reporter Nate Rao asked, The figure you gave of more than 80 does lead to a natural question. If there have been over 20,000 positive cases of the flu in Davidson, that's the county Nashville is in, and only 80 or so are traced to restaurants and bars, doesn't that mean restaurants and bars aren't a very big problem? Health department official Brian Todd then asked five other health department officials, Please advise how you recommend I respond. The name at the top of the response is clipped off, uh, but you may find the answer unacceptable. Quote, my two cents, we have certainly refused to give counts per bar because those numbers are low per site. We could still release the total, though, and then a response to the over 80 question could be, because that number is increasing all the time and we don't want to say a specific number. Uh-huh. Neither the health department nor the mayor's office would confirm the authenticity of the email, but council member Steve Glover had a Metro staff attorney inquire, and here's the official answer. I was able to get verification from the mayor's office and the Department of Health that these emails are real. Glover says that Metro Nashville is orchestrating a cover-up. They're fabricating information. They've blown their entire credibility. It's gone. I don't trust a thing they say going forward. Nothing. Glover says he's been contacted by an endless stream of downtown bartenders, waitresses, and restaurant owners asking why officials would not release these numbers. Quote, we raised taxes 34% and put hundreds, literally thousands of people out of work that are now worried about losing their homes, their apartments, and we did it on bogus data. That should be illegal, Glover said. Again, Fox 17 News wasn't told by the mayor's office this wasn't true. We were told to file a Freedom of Information Act request, which allows us now to ask the question, why are you keeping this from us? Why would you even want to? It's just the real numbers and what could possibly be an honorable motive. Now, uh, later, as a postscript to this, uh, they are claiming, that the reason they did that was because they were their program of lockdown was so successful, they didn't want to give false encouragement to people. Well, if the program was successful, wouldn't your administration want people to do that? And uh, in the uh, wake of this, Donald Trump Jr., who as I mentioned will be joining me on the program a bit later today, weighed in in a tweet. The president's son said, and I quote, The Dim as Democrat, the Dim Mayor of Nashville knowingly lied about COVID data to justify shutting down bars and restaurants, killing countless jobs and small businesses in the process. Everyone involved should face jail time. How many other Democrat-run cities is this happening in? Well, that's a fair question. I mean, we've seen them do it uh, with a rioting in Portland and Seattle, where they actually have encouraged these people by doing nothing to stop all the burning and looting, assaults, rapes, murder, everything else that's been going on there. Seems like a very small step for them to lie about the COVID-19 numbers to continue the suppression and the lockdown. Quarter after three here on the Bobby Mac Show, we're just getting started. Flood watch, of course, remains in effect. Careful driving. You may run into some spots that are still flooded. Uh, You come to one of those, you know, you you try and walk through even six inches of water, you can be swept off your feet. So careful while the uh, remnants of Sally move on through the upstate. Be right back. Great to have you along on this wet and rainy Thursday. The good news is it looks like the uh, most of the heavy stuff is now moving out. And uh, tomorrow we may have a few lingering showers. But uh, th- this uh, what we experienced this morning apparently is uh, the worst of it. Uh, sports update. If you are a golf fan. And, and by the way, if you're recording today's first round of the uh, U.S. Open golf tournament in Maranac, um, New York. And don't want to know the results to this point and the afternoon wave is still playing right now including Phil Mickelson Uh, just to go away for about a minute uh, because I'm going to update the leaderboard okay in the lead right now from the morning round of play Justin Thomas uh, with the lowest round ever shot at winged foot golf course in the first round of a U.S. Open he made a great putt on his 18th hole Uh, to shoot a five-under par 65, 70 is the par at the U.S. Open. As you know, they turn a couple of par fives into par fours for the uh, players in the Open. Right behind JT is Patrick Reed. Cheater. He uh, shot uh, four-under 66. Uh, Rory McIlroy is also right there in the hunt with a three-under par 67. Uh, Neiman also uh, has a good round going in the afternoon wave right now, but that as it stands right now, Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, and Rory are the uh, top contenders. Okay, there is your uh, U.S. Open update. Now you may remember yesterday I spent some time uh, giving you some background uh, on the uh, the Chinese and uh, the origination of the Wuhan flu, uh, sharing with you remarks that were made by the Chinese defense minister a couple of decades ago about the Chinese wanting to develop biological weapons uh, to be able to use against their enemies, primarily the United States. Uh, That was uh, General Chi Heoshin. Now we have this Chinese virologist who escaped from Hong Kong when the uh, Chinese took over there and cracked down uh, Dr. Li Ming Yan. And I played part of the interview that Tucker Carlson did with her where she revealed a lot of uh, very interesting information about where this virus came from, claiming to have evidence that it did not develop in nature and was created in this Wuhan China lab. In the meantime, naturally. Uh, The uh, tech moguls in Silicon Valley are doing everything they can to make sure that this information does not get out. Facebook and other tech giants have engaged in a troubling pattern of censoring speech surrounding major issues during the Wuhan flu debate. Fox News host Tucker Carlson arguing during his uh, monologue last night, Carlson's comments came after Facebook slapped a warning label on video of his Tuesday interview with this Chinese virologist, Dr. Li Ming Yan, who claimed to have evidence showing China intentionally released COVID-19 onto the general population. Within a few hours of her interview last night, Carlson said, a video of the segment reached 1.3 million people on Facebook. And why wouldn't it? The coronavirus pandemic has touched the life of every American and justifiably, people wanna know where it came from, but Facebook still doesn't want you to know that. So Facebook suppressed the video, presumably on behalf of the Chinese government. Facebook executives made it harder for users to watch the segment those who found the video had to navigate a warning that the interview, quote, repeats information about COVID-19 that independent fact checkers say is false. Oh, Facebook's own, w- were they in the labs in, uh, in China, these, uh, face, these fact checkers? Instagram, which Facebook also owns, did the same thing, Twitter suspended Dr. Yan's account entirely with no explanation of why. Nor did the tech companies explain how they would know more about disease transmission than an MD, PhD virologist like Dr. Yan. Instead, Facebook and Instagram linked to three so-called fact checks which supposedly proved Yan was lying. But if you clicked on the provided links, you'd notice something odd. The fact checks were all published months ago, many months, in January, February, and March, and they had nothing whatsoever to do with Dr. Yang and what she said on my program. One of the fact checks attacks a completely unrelated claim the virus was patented and that a vaccine was prepared and ready to go. What does this have to do with the interview? No one will tell us that. The truth is, and you know it, if you've watched carefully, experts have been wrong frequently throughout this pandemic. They have changed their prescriptions many times. You listening, uh, Dr. Fauci? By the way, Dr. Fauci, where are you these days? Carlson argued that the solution to experts being fallible was more speech. The solution to this age-old problem, and we used to understand this intuitively in more informed voices in the conversations, that's how you make wise decisions. That's how you get to the truth. Diversity of view. Facebook doesn't believe this. They believe in censorship. Censorship does not make us wiser. It does not make us better informed. If it did, We'd be speaking Russian right now. The Soviet Union would run the world. It would have worked. But instead, the Soviet Union is extinct. It collapsed under the weight of its own absurdities, absurdities abetted by censorship. And that's the most basic lesson of dictatorships, all of them. Anything built on lies falls apart over time. By the way, Dr. Yan has authored peer-reviewed papers on coronavirus transmission in both Nature magazine and the British medical journal The Lancet, two of the most respected publications in all of science. The paper on the origin of COVID-19, which she's published online, is not frivolous. In it, she points to specific evidence for the claims that she makes. She identifies so-called cut sites which are frequently used in genomic engineering that would allow scientists to swap in sequences from other viruses to what she described last night as a Frankensteinian bioweapon. They turned Frankenstein loose on the world. And if you think it's bad here, and it is, it could always be worse. You could be in the state of Victoria in Australia, and I'll tell you just how bad it is there when we come back, and he is ready to go with the news, 329 here on the Bobby Mack Show, Donald Trump Jr. joining me at some point later in the program, situation's kind of fluid, so hang in there, be right back. Welcome back. Great to have you along in this wet and rainy Thursday, 24 before four o'clock in hour number one of the Bobby Mac show. So all of these uh, lockdowns, all of these uh, uh, many tyrants, uh, governors and uh, mayors all, all over America that have been shutting down the country, locking down, we're quarantining and all the rest and the mandatory mask mandates and all the rest pales in comparison to what is going on in a previously freedom-loving country, Australia. Uh, Paul Joseph Watson posted at Summit News today a remarkable video uh, from the land down under, showing people chanting freedom as a food market is forcefully shut down by COVID riot cops. The clip shows dozens of people uh, dozens of uh, police on horseback armed with riot gear facing off against market sellers and their customers chance of freedom then break out as one officer directs the riot police to move in and disperse the crowd cops armed with shields then begin charging and pushing people away while one man was singled out of the crowd and dragged away by officers. It is pretty amazing and terrifying uh, to watch. The state of Victoria has enforced one of the most draconian coronavirus lockdowns in the uh, free world, with authorities giving themselves the powers to enter homes without a warrant and also seize people's children. As highlighted earlier this month, a pregnant woman was arrested in her home in front of her own kids for the crime of posting on Facebook about the protest. We uh, shared that story with you. You may remember it. Police in Melbourne also announced that they would be using surveillance drones to catch people who are not wearing a mask and to keep track of cars that farther, uh, that travel farther than five kilometers from their home. Journalist Avi Yamini was also dragged to the ground and arrested merely for covering an anti-lockdown protest in Melbourne. Numerous videos have also emerged of people being forcibly arrested by police for not wearing masks. Uh, I watched one of those, and you may have seen it as well, of a young woman 20-something woman who's not wearing a mask, and the uh, the COVID cop uh, grabs her by the throat and uh, and takes her to the ground. So uh, since we find ourselves in this world of mass Silicon Valley censorship, uh, it is important that uh, these kinds of stories are shared, which is why I tell you about it today. Before uh, we get much further, I I don't want to get too far behind on the text line, so let me quickly uh, make a valiant effort to uh, catch up there. Uh, Bobby, why aren't the world leaders turning to the Facebook fact-checkers to solve their problems? There's no subject they aren't more knowledgeable on than Facebook experts, right? Doesn't matter what the uh, field of study is, they're the world's foremost authorities, I guess. Uh, Bobby, uh, Dr. Fauci should be along any moment because the stock market is up. Yeah, that seems to be pretty much his role. Uh, Bobby, I find it uh, interesting how much uh, fact-checkers check the facts based on their own opinions. No kidding. Uh, Bobby, happy Constitution Day. Yeah, really. Uh, Bobby, A.G. Barr was not comparing slavery and lockdowns, as uh, Clyburn contends, but showing two times, one being substantially worse than the other when civil rights were violated. Big difference. Uh, by, the, by the way, his name is Slyburn. <laughs> From Steve. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Bobby, the more I listen to the skinner song, God and Guns, the more sense it makes. Uh, Bobby, Senator Biden sent you a text message around 2.45. He thought send was the return key. Well, that's a common mistake to uh, make. Let me go back and uh, find our latest missive from the Democrat candidate for the White House. Here it is. Billy, Joe always calls me Billy, President What's-His-Name doesn't pay attention to science. He's a dog-faced puss soldier who has his followers burning our cities and forests. No lie. Under his watch, a bazillion people worldwide died from mad cow. 300 trillion of those in this country alone. Something needs to be done about this guy, I swear. But I digest. Jill says I have a debate coming up with President What's-His-Name narrated by my old friend mike wallace just a little confused about which wallace there well lucky for president what's his name <coughs> i seem to be coming down <coughs> with something we think it might be <coughs> mad cow <coughs> if that's the case we'll have to uh, guillotine here in the basement no <coughs> no lie we may have to cancel the <coughs> debate Gotta go. Remember to get out there and vote. Oh, yeah. (coughs) Kamala for VP on March 51st. Vote early and vote often because, you know, those ballot boxes ain't going to stuff themselves. Oh, yeah. Almost forgot to cough. Signed, Senator Joe (coughs) Biden. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Joe. That would, uh, I believe, fall into the suspicions confirmed category. Uh, I I still don't believe it until I see Sleepy Joe wander out onto the stage. Uh, Hey, Bobby, alcohol kills the COVID. Keep that on the down low. Uh, Darn it, Bobby, when is somebody going to get the guts to investigate South Carolina DHEC? Yeah, good luck. Uh, Bobby, when uh, Don Jr. is on, see if you can ask him if he would still run for president, knowing what he knows about how his father and family have been treated. Hey, Bobby, the Minneapolis City Council is now upset that crime is on the rise after they cut $1.1 $1. $1 million from the city's police department. Silly libtards. Yeah, I mentioned that story yesterday. They're all bent out of shape. Where's the police? Well, the ones that are left are not really enthused about being out on the street, knowing there is no one that has their back in the city council or the mayor's office. Uh, Bobby, today's Daily Caller reports two campaign staffers for the GOP challenger for Ilhan Omar's seat were shot in Minneapolis. One dead. Move along. Nothing to see here. Gotcha. I have not seen that story yet, but I'll check their website. Uh, Bobby, main thing for Trump is to stay strong. Don't bow before all this political craziness. We need a businessman in office because American existence is business, not the leftist ideology of politics. Uh, Ba-ba-bum. Lockdowns were the greatest intrusion on civil liberty in American history. A.G. Barr, in his address at Hillside College, waiting for an apology at your earliest convenience, Governor Henry McTaxter. And by the way, so are the churches that you closed down. And am I caught up? I believe I am, amazingly. Not a moment too soon. Now, when we come back on the other side, uh, all of this uh, discussion about ballot harvesting, mail-in ballots, uh, the opportunities for fraud in uh, the election, which is now, what, 47, 46 days away, Uh, some news out of uh, the Keystone State of Pennsylvania on this topic, and it ain't good. Be right back. Welcome back. 3:51 now. It's a nine before four o'clock. Bobby Mack Show here, in hour number one, and uh, all of this discussion of these mail-in ballots. Thank goodness, at least here in uh, South Carolina, the legislature did not accept the uh, Democrat proposals of having these uh, ballot uh, uh, boxes, these these uh, depository boxes, placed all over. Uh, where they could be stuffed with uh, supposed mail-in ballots uh, and and other forms of uh, election fraud that they allow uh, that they love to uh, to to get uh, involved in. Uh, remember the uh, Democratic firm that said Donald Trump could have a huge lead on election night that will end with Joe Biden beating him uh, when all the mail-in ballots are counted. Pennsylvania has now made that scheme easier by trashing. The voter signature provision. With concerns, obviously, increasing in Pennsylvania, that tens of thousands of mail-in ballots are going to be thrown out in the presidential election over technicalities. Officials in the battleground state and in those counties uh, that uh, aren't allowed to reject a ballot solely because an election official believes a signature doesn't match the one in the voters' file. That's now okay. The uh, new guidance from Pennsylvania's Department of State that state law does not allow counties to set aside mail-in ballots based on their signature analysis prompted the League of Women Voters and the Urban League of Greater Pittsburgh to drop a lawsuit in federal court on Monday. The groups had cited the lack of guidance on the subject, And we're trying to ensure that voters have the chance to fix ballots that are flagged for a perceived signature mismatch. As a result of this case, Pennsylvania voters can cast their vote without fear that their ballot could be rejected solely because an election official who isn't trained in handwriting analysis think their signatures don't match, said Mark Gaber a campaign legal center lawyer who represented the groups in court. So now uh, they get a mail-in ballot, and the signatures are obviously different. They can't throw the ballot out based purely on that. Meantime, and this is great, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has extended that state's mail ballot deadlines, a move that could allow tens of thousands of additional votes to be counted and will likely draw criticism from Republicans who have argued that all votes should be received by Election Day. State law in Pennsylvania says mail-in ballots must be received by 8 p.m. on Election Day. But the Pennsylvania Supreme Court said today that ballots will be counted if they're received by 5 p.m., The Friday after the November 3rd election to count ballots arriving after election day must either be postmarked by November 3rd or have no proof they were sent after the day of the election ballots that arrive by the new deadline with missing or illegible postmarks would still be counted. Anybody see any opportunity here to cheat? In addition, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court held that state election law allows counties to use drop boxes for hand delivery of mail-in ballots. That's something the Democrats had been trying to do here in South Carolina that was denied by the legislature. Denied requests from the Trump campaign and others to allow poll watchers to work in counties other than the ones where they are registered, and denied a request that other people be allowed to deliver voters' ballots. That's where ballot harvesting happens. Along with another decision today uh, that kicked the Green Party's presidential candidate off the ballot, the rulings were a boost to Democrat nominee Joe Biden's campaign in a critical swing state just 47 days before Election Day. As I mentioned in the past, during the midterm elections in California, last time around in 2018, on the night of the election, there were five uh, Republican congressional races where the uh, GOP candidate had won. But again, in California, they allowed this late uh, balloting uh, to, to be turned in post-election. And as a result, I think uh, only one of those Republican candidates was able to uh, hang on to the seat. So, and they, they have very sophisticated methodology that they can use. They can see in each district the number of votes that have been counted and know how many they need to be able to overturn the result. And as uh, this fellow who has cheated in elections in New Jersey for decades pointed out in the article that I shared from the New York Post, about 10 days ago, uh, they can just uh, run these uh, mail-in ballots through a copy machine and then steal the envelopes that they're mailed back in, uh, steam them open, and uh, put in their own mail-in ballot in the legitimate envelope, and it's counted as a, as a real vote by a real voter rather than the voter fraud it actually is. Fortunately, uh, the Trump campaign is suing over many of these motions. But this one today in Pennsylvania, I think, is definitely a setback. Take a break for the news here at the top of the hour. Hour number two is on the way here on the Bobby Mac Show on a wet and rainy
1: Thursday.